Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good day to you. It's Tuesday, June 11th, 2013. You're listening to The Mind Whisperer on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Michael Gordon. Today on the program, we are talking about the power of forgiveness. Very powerful concept. And we're going to get right into that topic in just a moment. In the meantime, thank you for uh, joining the show today. If you're listening to the playback, uh, which is archived here on Blog Talk Radio, or perhaps you're listening to the download podcast on iTunes. Uh, either way, welcome to the program, and a uh, pleasure to have you with me today. You can find all of our archive shows, as I said, on the homepage here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, forward slash the mind whisperer and we also have a uh, a facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash the mind whisperer well let's get right into the topic today the power of forgiveness this is a really interesting topic for me because as a practicing uh, psychotherapist in, in private practice i come across this issue uh, a lot and how it affects people's ability to move forward in therapy and probably the most pronounced way that this shows up is that in therapy, people are confronting, embracing, identifying, acknowledging, and letting go of uh, past behavioral patterns, predominantly from uh, our childhood conditioning. And just to recapitulate what I've said on many, if not most, of these programs, It's those early childhood conditions that set our patterns and really our neurological wiring um, and our adaptation to life and relationships and how we perceive um, ourselves in the world. Primarily, whether we have a predisposition to seeing ourselves as a victim in the way that the world is happening to us or is that we are a participant in the world and we create our own uh, life path in front of us and by the choices that we make. Two very, very different prevailing orientations to life. And you could loosely say that, well, actually you could very strongly su- suggest that those two essential modes are set by whether we have secure or insecure attachments. What we mean by that is our early parenting whether there was any perceived or real disruption or uh, threat um, or abandonment or inattention in those in the early attachment. Of course, it's become very in vogue now talking about attachment parenting, which is a, you know very, based on constant um, connection and nurturing and affection with um, particularly with newborns or um, early toddlers. So that affects our, uh, the way that we 
develop and grow and have a sense of ourselves and our confidence and our personality development as we move forward. And so people who come to therapy, by definition, tend to have issues with their early attachment and um, their ongoing relational struggles in terms of feeling secure or their capacity to form relationships um, or um, to deal with their own self-destructive tendencies, et cetera, et cetera. So how does this relate to forgiveness? Well, you know, coming back to this current state that we find ourselves in, more often than not what shows up for people doing therapy are the remnants of this childhood, what we call child ego state, which is this binary thinking. So children think in very black and white terms and uh, or what we call polarized thinking. And that is just a hallmark of early childhood development, that your brain has not, and your cognitive ability has not developed to the point where you are able to rationalize and have complex multivarious thoughts at the same time and perspectives. So everything is sort of yes or no. I'm loved or I'm not loved. I'm cared for, I'm not cared for, etc. And this is very powerful in terms of um, how that kind of thinking, we may be stuck in that kind of thinking because of the wounds of our childhood and we're still operating from that binary type thinking. So that affects us in the present to a very strong extent uh, if we're not able to um, ameliorate that in a in a way that we can have complex, rational thoughts and be able to perceive and engage other people as separate beings and not just an extension of ourselves and our needs. So this kind of injury from childhood can be a long-standing grudge. And the problem is, is that even though an adult can acknowledge the grievances of their childhood and the hurts and perhaps even the failings of their parents, there's still that very primal sense of rage and um, insecurity. And what that sets you up to do is to be <clears throat> ping-ponging in a way back and forth between these binary poles of, of black and white. So either you are left <clears throat> angry at your parents, but for the child, being angry at the parent means that you are going to be left without a parent or it makes you into a horrible person. So being angry at the parent uh, is not sustainable. And, of course, the binary of that is that if you withdraw and uh, into yourself with, without the need for a parent or that you just really embody that feeling of being abandoned by your parent, then the same thing. You are without a parent. And to the child's mind, you're, by extension, you'll die. You, have, you will cease to exist in the world because you won't be supported by a caregiver. So this creates a, a real conundrum as an adult, not in a rational conscious sense, but in terms of the underlying um, cognitive distortions and, and negative beliefs and irrational thinking or, or emotions that are fueling the irrational thinking. So how do we uh, um, ameliorate that? How do, how do we address and shift that kind of stuck childhood rage or abandonment? Well, the key to it is forgiveness. And forgiveness has a lot of connotation of charity, which is, as I've spoken previously on the program, 
not the kind of uh, forgiveness that we are encouraging. Much like compassion, forgiveness is, has to include yourself as well as the other. So if we're simply forgiving someone out of charity, it becomes pity. If we're forgiving them out of a sense of letting them off the hook, then we are not participating in that decision because in a way we never fully feel like we're released from the damage that was done to us because somehow we've condoned their behavior by letting them off the hook. So this brings up a point that was in the description of the program today that this idea of the hook actually is is that it's affecting us as the grudge holder. So what do I mean by that? Well, again, on one level in a therapeutic setting, being stuck in that child ego state can keep us rooted in that kind of black and white thinking and that vengeful childhood fantasy. The antidote to that is to realize that both things were true, that the grievances of our childhood were true for what they were and that we weren't in a position to try and confront them or address them at the time that was in our responsibility and therefore we can let go. And that's where forgiveness comes in. We're able to acknowledge that the actions of our caregivers were not conducive to our own whole upbringing and being and development and perhaps even those relationships ongoing in our lives with our caregivers or parents or families are still dysfunctional. But there's not this sense of being attached, uh, being feeling interconnected with that. There's a sense of being able to disengage, to stand back and look at that and say, that's true. And also at the same time, just because I acknowledge that doesn't mean that I am, again, jumping onto that other um, pole. And when I mean pole, I don't mean a physical pole, I mean a place. I mean, like North Pole, South Pole. Uh, I'm jumping onto that other black and white square where now I'm either aligned with, well, if I make them, if I let them off the hook, then that means I'm now alone in the world. That's, you know, to the child within us. So instead, what we can do is uh, acknowledge that uh, letting go frees ourselves. It frees ourselves from an old pattern. And we are able to see the humanity in the, in the other person and their failings as an as a individual. And this doesn't necessarily have to be a parent. Of course, it can be someone who has hurt us or even assaulted us in the past. Um, that we can address the hurt and the even the violence of their actions. It could be a, an assault. It could be a, a breakup. It could be someone who fired us. It could be a grievance with an old friend. So letting go, again, liberates us from holding on to the hurt. And in the act of doing that, we are able to release our hold, our clinging to the other person. So this uh, harkens to the saying uh, that comes from uh, the Buddha, which is that anger is like hanging on to a hot burning coal. And we have the intention of hurling it at the other person. But in the end, it's us who is getting burned. And the other way of saying that is anger is like 
swallowing poison and expecting the other person to die. So when we look at it from that perspective, this has a very profound releasing effect. And forgiving becomes not an act of, again, charity or contrition or even benevolence. It becomes an act of mutual liberation, that we acknowledge the hurtful act as something that occurred between ourselves and the other party, but we're not attached to it anymore. It's not part of our identity. And that's the separation and the distance and that kind of dialectical reasoning that adults can have, that children can have. That's what we, our job is to help younger people is to distinguish themselves from the things that happen in the world and that they have control over how they respond and uh, don't internalize things that happen or reflect on them rather than internalizing and, and, and identifying with them and attaching to them. So just to recap here, this remnant of our childhood uh, state thinking, uh, the limitations of our reasoning from early childhood can stay with us uh, in so much as we're still hanging on to the grievances of our childhood, looking for that to be resolved. And then we can start projecting and generalizing that to all kinds of situations in our workplace with our friends. And you see this with people that you may know who have a lot of drama in their lives they're really recreating those early circumstances. So forgiveness has a very liberation, a liberating effect for ourselves. And you can see this regardless of any past hurts you know, and unresolved conflicts in your childhood. You can just see this in the everyday workings of your relationships, your friendships, even um, you know, co-workers or um, these are the easiest ways are with children and animals. You know, if you have a dog, you get angry at your dog. But how can you stay angry at your dog? Your dog is a dog. Is, the dog is trying to function in a human world. You know, um, a, any reasonable, compassionate person who's a parent or working with kids can get triggered and, and have your buttons pushed because kids can be very difficult because they're not there to take care of you, they're just being kids and you know working out the boundaries of the world and learning about themselves and what they can do and having fun. And uh, even though they push our buttons, we remind ourselves, okay, these are young people and they need guidance and um, they're not doing it to us. So we can even have a childlike, childish response to children, even as adults. So forgiveness can have, and again, a profound effect of retraining ourselves and training our minds and reconditioning our habitual responses and our reactivity away from this clinging to negative negativity, clinging to this sense of vengeance. Because ultimately, if you seek vengeance and maybe ob obtain vengeance on somebody else, you're hurting yourself that hurt will stay with you. you know, as an Aikido person, uh, which is, a, for lack of a better term, a martial arts training, you know, people often ask, well, when have you had a chance to use your Aikido? And of course, I'll say, all the time, 24-7, because it's really training for your mind and for your 
control over yourself. But in the context of what people are asking in a conventional sense, it's like, you know, have you defended yourself on the street in a fight or conflict? And my usual answer is that would be the last thing I would ever want because I know I have the capability to really hurt or kill somebody. And that's not something I really like to talk about or to have misunderstood, but years of training, you know, will have an effect. And it's not entirely predictable how that would come out. And the last thing I would want is to cause harm to another person. Even in the moment, if it did save my life or someone else's life, ultimately that's not a very likely scenario. More likely is that, you know, you may get into a scuffle or someone may try and mug you or challenge you, and they don't know how to control themselves. And if it ended up with them being hurt, which is the more likely scenario, or worse, then that would be on my conscience. So consequently, that training helps train yourself to be as calm as possible and minimize, completely minimize your uh, response to the situation. Sometimes you do nothing. Sometimes you walk away. And sometimes you just don't let it get to you, or sometimes you do have to take physical action, and but you can do it in such a way that you've got choices and can, again, minimize and have a protective quality on how you respond. It takes a lot of training, um, but it's the principle involved, that guiding principle of doing no harm that's utmost importance. So we come back to the stronger person can let things go. You know, people will conventionally say, take the high road. I understand the spirit of that statement. I don't quite like the idea of the hierarchy and you're above somebody else. But I I do admire the heart in that statement, spirit of that, which says, be the honorable person. Be the person who is confident enough in yourself to have the strength of character and of heart and compassion and principle to let it go. Let the situation go, let your anger go, let it dissolve. Um, because ultimately, in the end, you're hanging on to that anger and hurt and resentment, and it holds you back as well as holding the situation back. If you can help, help the situation move forward. And that doesn't mean you have to um, hold hands and uh, you know, hug it out and be friends with everybody. You can't be friends with everybody. There has to be respect. And sometimes in order for, if there is no respect, if, it's, if this respect has fallen apart, then you need to move on. But you can do that in a way that is that the least harmful as possible and forgive and move on. Forgive. And as I say, but don't forget. In other words, you're not going to collapse that boundary again with that person or you may not want to see that person ever again. And that can be a benefit to you. And if it's not a benefit to you, then you let it go. Well, that's the program for today. I hope that uh, you've taken away something, as always, to ponder and to reflect on, contemplate in your own daily life that you can apply or share that will help you with your life situations, <laughs> your relationships, and uh, as I said, forgiveness really begins with yourself. 
all of our grievances and our hurt and our anger and our resentment predominantly comes back to a sense of um, being angry, not in terms of responsibility ultimately for what someone did, but for us feeling unresolved about it or that we, maybe there is a sense of misplaced responsibility for something. So forgiveness, again, has that liberating effect for us. That you can forgive yourself. You have a softer relationship with yourself. And we do make mistakes, and we do uh, regret things that we did, or we are hard on ourselves, all of us. And we're indeed hardest on ourselves. So when you find yourself having difficulty letting go, you can ask yourself, what am I not letting go with myself? What do I need to forgive in myself that I'm having a hard time forgiving in this other person? Well, as always, thanks for listening to the program. We are rapidly approaching 5,000 listens on the program, and it's all due to your participation. My name is Michael Gordon. You've been listening to the Mind Whisper and Blog Talk Radio. Please spread the word. Have a great day, wherever you are. Be well.